if you say to yourself, wow, this sermon seems really well put together, it's because I'm really good at putting together a sermon. If you say to yourself, wow, it seems like he kind of threw this together about seven hours ago, I'm going to blame it on my mom. Let me tell you why. So I spent the past week, I think I find it fitting, I'm going to blame it on my mom for Mother's Day. I, I spent the past week, and I've got the sermon ready. We're going to start walking through uh, 2 Thessalonians. If you remember a few months ago, we walked through the, the book of 1 Thessalonians, and I'm going to start doing 2 Thessalonians. And last night, I'm lying in bed, it's about 11 o'clock, and mom texts me and says, hey, do you have the, the sermon and title for, uh, the, the sermon title and scripture passage for this Sunday? And I said, yep, here it is. And she goes, just so you remember, you should mention something about Mother's Day. You might even want to preach on it. <sighs> Leave it to moms to be right about everything. So this morning I get up and I go, I got to change the whole sermon. We got to preach something new. Not entirely new, obviously, but we're not going to be in 2 Thessalonians yet. That'll be next week, so if you want to spend the week preparing for 2 Thessalonians, we're going to do the entire first chapter next week. It's only 12 verses. You can do that, but today we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 6. It's going to be a little bit a little bit similar to last year's, not exactly similar, and I made sure because I went back to last year's sermon just to make sure I wasn't preaching the same one, not necessarily that anybody would remember it, but I would, and I wouldn't be able to deal with that. So I said I can't, obviously we're going to preach sermons that are the same sermons, but hopefully I can go more than a year without preaching the same sermon twice. And so I said, all right, where are we going to go? And God led me to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 20 through 23. And this sermon is, is simply entitled, Teach. Teach. I spent a lot of time trying to come up with a catchy title. You know, every, all, all these pastors, they give you all kinds of advice. And one pastor told me, you got to make sure that every sermon has a title that's easy to remember. And I said, I stink at titles though. Why can't we just, you know, go simple? Well, you know what? Hopefully this is easy to remember and it's simple. It's one word. Teach. Let's read it, shall we? Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. Solomon is writing and he writes, My son, observe the commandments of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light and reproofs for discipline are the way of life. Now you also might say, Pastor, that doesn't sound like it's that much about mothers. In fact, they're only mentioned once. You're right. But there's a ton of implied things that walk into this passage about moms. And I want to spend today, whether it be Sunday for you, whether it be Saturday night, whether it be sometime during the next week, maybe you're listening on the podcast and it's been four weeks, I don't know. But I want to spend some time talking about the lessons that my mom has taught me. Only a couple because there's far too many to count. But I want to spend some time talking about that and why it was so important. So number one on your note sheet there is children make the decision. We're only going to spend a couple minutes on this. But I want to point out before we begin, not that I have a ton of, of, of uh, experience in life. And I will never be a mom. Lord willing, I'll be a dad someday, but I will never be a mom. It's impossible for me. 
But I do know, and I've talked to kids, or not to kids, excuse me, to parents, and, and, and they say, you know, I did so much. I taught my kids. We were right. We look back, and we don't think we did anything necessarily wrong. Obviously, we're not perfect, but my son, my daughter didn't become the man or woman that they should have. Sometimes, parents, that's our fault in, in, in that we didn't teach them right. But sometimes, it's not. Kids are going to make their decision. I have to make my own decision. There have been times in my life I've, thank God, they've mostly just become sermon illustrations to prove a point. But the times when I don't listen to my parents and I go, no, I think I'm going to do my own thing, are the times where God says, you should have learned your lesson. I was teaching you one. I gave you parents for that reason. Parents. And, and I'm speaking specifically to moms today, although this does apply to both. And a lot of the things we'll talk about, yes, apply to fathers as well. But it is Mother's Day, so I'm, I'm focusing on moms. Just because you teach kids everything correctly, you could be the perfect parent, does not mean you're going to have the next Jesus. It's not going to happen. We're all going to make mistakes. It's hard to watch, but it's the truth. And we have to come to grips with that fact that everybody makes their own decisions in life. But what we're going to talk about here in the, in the crux of this is you've got a job to do to make sure that you give them the best chance. Give them the best information, the best teaching, the best discipline, the best reproof, the best love, and send them off praying, and I, and I don't mean this cliched-wise, but praying that God's a part of their life and they make the right decisions. I wanted to say that off the jump because this section of scripture does talk about, he says, listen, kid, this is Solomon talking to his son, listen, kid, do the right thing. Don't forget the stuff that we've taught you, meaning it is up to this kid to do that. So I wanted to cover that first. So that was number one, kids, children make the decision. Number two, however, mothers teach. However, Mothers teach. Just because somebody has to make their own decision in life does not mean you get a free pass for not doing your job. And mothers or moms have an, a very important job in the life of their kids. But I mentioned this last year as well. I'll probably mention it next year. And, and for however long I get to preach, I'm probably going to mention this every year, that just because you don't have a biological kid does not mean you're not a mom. You might be somebody like my own mom, who, yes, has four stepchildren, myself and my three siblings, but has essentially raised countless children throughout her years. She decided, I'm their mom right now, so I'm going to do that. And there's various other people in my life that have been moms to me uh, and stuff like that and taught me in that. So just because you say, well, I don't have a biological kid, or maybe you're older and you go, well, I don't have, my biological kid has grown and I'm not really teaching them anymore. I'm going to use one of the words that my dad uses a lot, poppycock. You're allowed to still teach your children. The one thing that my dad has told me, he's told me a lot of stuff. One of the things my dad has told me throughout my life is, I don't care how old you get, you will always be my son. I will always be your dad. Now, the relationship has changed over the years. I'm 25. He doesn't really bend me over and spank me anymore. That would be a little awkward, going to be honest with you. But and, and the, and there have still been multiple times when he calls me and he says, hey, we got to talk, and he gives me reproof or he gives me wisdom and stuff like that as a father does. And my mom does the same thing. It doesn't matter how old I get. She could be 90 and on her deathbed and I'm 60. She's still my mom, and I better treat her like she's my mom. It doesn't matter how old I get. It doesn't matter anything like that. So just because you're old, er, does not mean that you're not a mom anymore. 
I wanted to point that out because here's the thing. Moms have a, have a, a, a innate goal or an innate job to teach. Now, fathers do as well. I'm not saying fathers are off the hook. And in fact, I think one of the greatest issues that our world and specifically our nation faces is the absence of the father figure in the home. We'll talk about that at a later time, perhaps on Father's Day. But we're focusing on moms. So, Dad, you're not off the hook, but we are focusing on moms that is, as it is Mother's Day. And Solomon implies there in verse 20 that moms teach. Now, what do they teach? I want to start off with, and I'm going to flip real quick to 2 Timothy chapter 1. It would, have been, it would have made a lot of sense to mark it so that I didn't have to flip a bunch of pages. But, you know, we do what we have to. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through, uh, through 7. Uh, I'm actually going to stop in verse 5, but, the, but 6 and 7 are, are part of this as well. It says, and this is Paul writing to Timothy. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as, re as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. Timothy is one of Paul's closest compatriots, friends. We know Timothy becomes a pastor. He's different than Paul. Paul is a missionary. Timothy becomes more of a pastor figure. And he spends a lot of his time in Ephesus. And Timothy, Paul says you've got this faith. And it originates in his grandmother Lois, who passes it on to his mother Eunice, who passes it on to him. I'm not here to tell you that it's not a dad's job to show faith in God and stuff like that. But there's a difference in the way that a mom can show this quiet, soft faith to pass on to their kids. My dad taught me how to have faith in a lot of ways. My mom taught me how to have this quiet faith that just goes about its business and trusts God in everything. I'm not going to say there have been, haven't been times when I've questioned things. I'm not going to say there haven't been times when my mom hasn't questioned things. But I am going to tell you that we've never questioned God and had faith in him. Moms, it's your job to teach that to your kids. You've got to show them that faith. You've got to show them the quiet faith in the face of a storm. Men have too much anger a lot of times. We have too much passion in certain things. You've got to show us how to have that faith that's quiet and that trusts God implicitly. It's a huge job. I'm not here to tell you it's easy or, you know, it's just going to come natural. It's a huge job, though. Harder, perhaps, than any job you will ever have. It's another thing I wanted to point out real quick is, uh, in our society, a few minutes ago, I mentioned that the absence of the father figure in the home, it doesn't get talked about nearly as much, but there's an absence of the mother figure in the home as well. Now, you may be home with your child. In fact... Over the past seven to eight weeks, you've been home with your child more than you will for the rest of your life. That doesn't mean you're being a mom to them, though. And there's a difference between being with a kid and being the mom to a kid. There's a difference between that relationship that's there. And in our, in our, in our society's rush to declare that women are equal to and greater than men, and I'm not saying they're not equal, but I do say that God made them implicitly different men and women with specific roles. I'm not saying women can't climb the, social, the, the corporate ladder, but we have differences in how we were made, and kids need 
both. They need their mom. And here's another example of something that my mom taught me. She taught me to have a kind and helpful heart. Again, it's not to say that my dad's not helpful. But let me give you an example that just happened. I think it was Monday night. One of my family's favorite pastimes during the spring, summer, and fall, and we do it in the winter if it wasn't cold, is to have a, a, a fire. We love to have a fire and cook hot dogs. Everybody else enjoys s'mores. I'll just eat my chocolate bar. I don't need to put a marshmallow and stuff with it. But we, we just enjoy sitting around the, the fire and, and talking and laughing and making hot dogs. It's a great time together. And we decided, it was, I think it was Monday night, but it was either Monday or Tuesday of this week. No, it must have been Monday, because today is Wednesday, and it wasn't yesterday. So, Monday night, that's how I figure things out, in case you wanted to know. Monday night, Dad and I have got the fire going. It's good. We're going, we're like, yeah, we're patting ourselves on the back a little bit. You know, oh, look at that, it's finally, it's flaming up. This is going to be good. And Mom comes out. And if you don't know, there's this thing called the Facebook Marketplace. It's generally used to buy and sell things on Facebook. But she comes out and she goes, this guy posted something on the Facebook marketplace that says he's been uh, broken down, his car broke down, somewhere between the, the uh, uh, Harford and Lennox exit. And he's just, he's just asking for somebody to come and jump him because he doesn't have the money to come and get it towed and all this kind of stuff. And I looked at Dad and I said, well, now we have to do it because she saw it. Now we got to go do it. And it's just this difference, not that my dad and I don't have hearts that care for people, but she sees and her first thought is, we could help. It's a 10-minute drive away. She's got this little uh, thing that you hook up to the battery, so you don't even need jumper cables to your car. You guys could go do this. And we're like, it's 7 o'clock. We just got the fire going. We could have hot dogs. But that, that's something that moms a lot of the time have, is this kind and helpful heart that just reaches out to people. I'm not going to tell you it's innate in me. It's not. But she's taught me how to have it nonetheless, how to look at somebody and feel so deeply for them that I can't help but help them. And the people that we have to turn away for whatever reason breaks my heart. Not saying my dad couldn't have taught me that, but it would have been different. She's the one that taught me to have this kind heart, this heart that God wants us to have to everybody. Now, you got to be smart and stuff like that. Mom didn't go. I didn't bring my fiancé with me. It was just my dad and I that went because we're not stupid. But we went nonetheless. The last thing I want to focus on that she taught me is how uh, allowing to feel emotions. Now, you might say, Pastor Sam, I know you pretty well. You've never struggled with feeling emotions. True and untrue. I have never struggled with feeling the emotions of anger and happiness. And I feel sadness. But perhaps this would be better of, to say, showing that emotion. Now, I'm not saying that when I get angry, my mom goes, yes, use that anger. Let it fuel you. No. But let me give you a couple of examples of how she taught me to show my emotions. My dad and I are very similar. In that, when stuff starts going wrong, as, the, as my dad would say, when the proverbial defecation hits the rotary oscillator, we shut down emotion and we do what has to be done. It's the way that my dad was and, and I'm exactly like him. That's good sometimes. There are times when you have to be able to shut down the emotional side of yourself and go, what has to be done? We've got to get it. We've got to do this. I'll feel later. But there are also times when it is okay 
to let that emotion flow through you. And I have always struggled with that for various reasons. One, I'm like my dad in that. Our first reaction is to shut it down. But also, two, we live in a society that for years, generations told men, you don't cry. You don't feel those emotions. Be a man. Man up. There's a difference between being a man and a woman. But feeling emotion is not that. Let me give you a couple examples of when I wanted to shut down and not show emotion, but my mom was able to coax it out of me and for the better. The first one, and you'll notice a trend here, that both of these revolve around girls. I'm a guy. I don't apologize for that. My first girlfriend, when we broke up, my initial response was to kind of shut it down. I didn't want to feel the, the pain and stuff it felt to break up with my first ever girlfriend at the age of 16. But we sat there, my mom and I sat at the top of our steps as I pulled out of my wallet because I, I consider myself sometimes a hopeless romantic. And I keep everything that's given to me. It actually just means I'm a hoarder. Welcome to the Brush family. That's what we do. I pulled out my wallet as I'm pulling out the pictures that I, would, that I had kept and the notes she had written me and stuff like that. I'm fighting back tears and my mom is the one that looks at me and talks to me and says, it is okay to cry. You felt for this girl. You loved her as a 16-year-old can. I'm not going to sit here and say it was true love. But as a 16-year-old can love, you loved her. It's okay to feel that emotion. It's okay to release it. And here's the thing, I'm going to tell you that it was a good thing because if it hadn't been released in that tears, it would have been released in anger. And that would have been the wrong thing. The second example, fast forward a couple of years, now I'm a freshman in college, and a, 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 a girl there cheats on me. And the first person I call is my mom. And I'm not even crying, to be honest, I'm not incredibly sad at this moment. I'm actually just angry. How could this person do this to me? And my mom said, for maybe one of the only times in my life I have heard this, it's okay to be angry right now. But don't let it control you. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be a little bit happy because she wasn't good for you anyway. Mom said that about the first girl too. And then I'm going to give you a third example. Um, and, and this one uh, might come as a shock to one of the, uh, the four people sitting in the room as I'm talking about this, because I don't know if she fully knows this story. But my fiancé and I dated once. She knows that. She's aware of that, don't worry. And we broke up. And I drove down to, 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 to college, to her college, which was about a two, two and a half hour drive, uh, to, to talk to her. Because... I had to do it in person. That's another thing that my mom and dad combined taught me. Oh, you owe people the respect to talk to them in person if it's a conversation like that. You owe people that. You better do the right thing. So I did. And as, I, I, as I'm driving away, I called my mom because I'm on the verge of tears and I have to go to work in, in, in three hours or so. I was going to get back to school, change, and go to work. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And my mom is the one that talks me through all these emotions of bawling my ass out because the girl that I actually love, this is no longer 16-year-old love, this was a girl I thought I was going to marry. Turns out I was just four more years down the line. And I, I was distraught that I had to do this. 
And my mom is the one that walks me through it and says it's okay to feel these emotions. It's okay to release them. It's okay to call off of work and say I can't come in today. I didn't do that because I have too much of my dad in me sometimes and my brain said you have a duty to go to work. They need you so you go to work. All right, I'm going to go to work. He didn't tell me that. That's just what my brain was telling me. My mom taught me that emotion is okay. Now, she's taught me so many other things in my life. If I was going to go through the list of the things that my mom has taught me, we'd be here for a very, very, very long time. And I know we're already, we're already getting a little long, so I'm going to cut it short. Not cut it short, but, but, but end here. But I want to state this as my ending. My dad's taught me a ton of stuff. But those were things he couldn't teach me. My mom had to teach me them. Mothers, there are things that the fathers of your children cannot teach them. You have to be the one to do it. The world has told you in the past 10 to 15 years, being a mom is a stupid job. You need to go to work. You need to climb the corporate ladder. You need to do this. And I'm not telling you there's something wrong with having those aspirations. There's not. But there's no greater job than being a mom. There's no harder job than being a mom. Not a single one. You spend hours with your kids, teaching them, leading them in the ways they should go. There's nothing greater. And for the women that God blessed with children, be they biological, be they not biological, be they adopted, be they because you're a teacher, whatever, every woman that has done that has told me that the greatest joy and, yes, the greatest pain of their life was having children and raising them. I implore you, moms, take that job seriously. It's the greatest job you have. Lastly, I want to thank you, moms, because you took that job seriously, and it's the greatest job you had. Countless generations of men and women have been raised up in the ways they should go because of you, mom. Keep strong, keep going. This day, we celebrate you. I know I've kind of admonished and said, moms, you've got to do this, but I'm telling you, we admonish you because you know what? I'll never be a mom, like I said. I will never fully understand the hardships that you face, but I know that you face them, and I am so very thankful that you do. I'm the better for it. I have countless, I know countless people that are all the better for it. So thank you, moms, from the bottom of my heart and from all of us here at First Baptist Church, New Milford. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to thank you for moms. I want to thank you that you teach us, uh, you, gave, you give us them, give us them to teach us and lead us and guide us. Yes, dads are important and we'll talk about them eventually, but moms are so integral to, our, to us. I want to thank you that I have been blessed with incredible women in my life that have raised me uh, to be the man that I am. I'm not perfect, but uh, I strive to be more like your son and I can do that partially because of my mom. Father, I ask that you would bless our moms during this time. Use this day. They faced a hardship that moms really haven't faced in, in, in generations with this whole COVID-19 thing. I want to thank you for moms. I want to ask that you give them the strength to keep going through this, to lead and teach us. And Father, it's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen and amen.